Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, now all of Locked On. You might have heard me when I was doing those on your local drive radio as I wrote about the draft and prospects and mostly about the draft. That was my bread and butter when I was a national writer. Uh, before that, uh, you probably read me on any of your favorite Cleveland sports blogs, either as a someone who wrote there, guested there, or popped up uh, in terms of my draft rankings. Today's show, we're going to dive into that you know right now we're dealing with the uh the lockout and all of it's not so fun so let's do a draft episode i know i've been doing classes but i want to continue a little bit of the shakeup like i did two weeks ago when i did my last draft focus podcast i might also go through and talk about you know it's a little bit finicky uh part of me wants to go through the first round and talk about the best pick with every pick in the first round they have had uh, the only problem is when you're looking at all the picks they've had, it's still only 73 picks. So there's not a lot of competition, you know, for those top picks. There's some, we might do that, but I thought it was more interesting just to look at my life. <laughs> it was cause you know, egocentric before you get into that, I want to thank you for making lockdown guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. And, uh, yeah, so I was going through since I was born in 1981, uh, and looking at the uh, just, you know, the Indians history of the draft, or I should say the Guardians history of the draft, uh, looking overall at things. I think it's interesting that in, you know, the 40 years of drafts that I have been alive for, uh, though I guess I was not technically alive for the 1981 draft, but when you're looking at all those drafts, in that entire time, there's only two years the Guardians have not had a first round pick. 2017. Uh, I'm sorry, three years, 2017, 1999, and then 1987. Funny thing about that, 87, 99, both went to the Orioles. uh, And then in 2017, they did not, uh, there was no, the pick going somewhere else. That was the loss for Edwin Encarnacion. So again, when you talk about uh, what the Indians have gained and lost, when they are going to change the whole current system, remember Edwin Encarnacion, Michael Bourne, Nick Swisher, three picks out, Ubaldo Jimenez, only pick gained. But going back, uh, you know, they, like I said, Edwin Encarnacion is the reason they lost a pick in 2017. 1999 was Roberto Alomar. 1987, it was 37-year-old catcher Rick Dempsey. Not not a good one. We'll get into that in a bit. Discuss where those picks went. Uh, specifically, let's just get into it. <laughs> let's go talk about that 1987 selection. That was the 15th overall pick in that draft. That was a pretty good first round all around. It was a great draft for pitching. The top overall pick was Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, This is, you know, the Indians had a a high pick, I believe in 86 and 88, they might have picked second. And then the one year it would have been important to pick first, they didn't do it. But getting back into it, uh, after, so the Orioles spent the 15th pick on Brad Duvall, who would not sign and would end up being a first round pick the next year. He's a Virginia Tech pitcher, and I was able to pull up the article talking about him. And it's funny to have an article where they talk about hard throwers and needing, you know, power type of arms, and then mentioning that Brad Duvall hits 93 with an excellent slider and changeup. Uh, not to knock him, but at the same time, for a guy who was a two time first round pick, he never got out of high A. Uh, and was done with baseball by 1990. I don't know if there's an arm injury. It doesn't look like it, but he also didn't build up innings, so who knows. But yeah, Brad Duvall was that pick. What uh, stinks if you're an Indians fan or an Orioles fan, honestly, is after him, there is only one other pick in the next 20, uh, from 16 to 27 that did not make the majors. 
Uh, every other player did, including people we know, like future Indian Jack Armstrong. Mike Remlinger was the uh, 16th overall pick. How about, uh, well, we'll bury the biggest name, Pete Harnish, Travis Fryman, uh, and Craig Biggio. Uh, Biggio was at $110,000. So I don't know, you know, it, the picks around Duvall were in the, the 100, that, like there was no pick below 100000 in the top uh top 20 picks. So I would imagine 110,000 wouldn't have been crazy. A Seton Hall University uh, catcher at the time. Bill Hasselman, name I remembered, also in there. Uh, And again, so they could sign a 36-year-old catcher who would play 60 games at age 37. Like, (laughs) Rick Dempsey was was done. He had had the year before 122 games, 382 plate appearances. He had a 208, 309, 379 uh, and the Indians decided to give him a contract. He would play in 60 games for them and cost them a first. It's amazing how different the sport has changed, right? Like, can you just imagine that? Imagine that nowadays, being willing that, like, it seems dumb, right? <laughs> uh, drafts have been around to help teams for years. At that point, the draft had been around for 20-plus years. And the thought of giving up a first-round pick, you know, knowing that you're going to have a, the 15th overall selection to sign a catcher, coming off of that down of a year who is that age i mean even now like you can't really look back and be like oh different times i mean to a degree i get the idea of different times but it's still there's not really a good defense for that one uh if you can come up with one let me know it it always takes me back to like when the giants signed michael tucker i always bring it up because i literally remember reading the article that said they only signed him because they didn't want to pay a first round pick or when the Reds drafted Jeremy Sowers out of high school in the first round because they didn't want to pay a first-round pick. It was viewed as first-round picks cost a lot of money, and the payout on them is so low, the teams didn't see the value in investing, which is, again, crazy when you think about it because, you know, how is he going to get better? Like, how are you going to build a team without valuable players? I, I know. So that's that's just kind of the fun of looking at, at least in terms of my lifetime, the three years they did not have a first-rounder during those times. Uh, you know, the pick that they would have had back in 1999 was at least that one's for Roberto Almar. Uh, fun note about the, like I said, both the two of those went to the Orioles. Uh, when I was reading that article, that was the first time the Orioles ever had two first round picks. Uh, side fact about the 1987 draft. They went, if you're curious, their highest pick was Chris Myers, who went to Plant High School. You know, it's where Wade Boggs and Kyle Tucker have gone to. He was a lefty who signed for 160. He didn't make the big leagues. After him, I mean, you had Bill Spear, Delano DeShields, and Kevin Apier. Uh, on top of Ken Griffey Jr., uh, Blackjack McDowell was kind of, you know, the other big name. And then uh, former Indian Derek Lilliquist was sixth overall, pretty high pick. But, uh, yeah, that's some fun with the 87 draft. Now if we jump up here to the 99 draft, it is a little bit – the Indians uh, – I should well, the Indians then, Guardians now, would have been picking – Man, things have changed so much because this is back when there's like draft picks for days. 23rd overall pick, uh, Keith Reed was who the Orioles took, who got uh, six games, five at-bats in the big leagues out of Providence College in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, In that first round, Kobe Lewis, Jerome Williams, uh, Chris Duncan, the first baseman, yeah, it's not a great group, but there is in that first round with pick 50 because the old compensation rules. Brian Robert, you know, who was an excellent second baseman for a lot of years, uh, only made two All-Star games. That's a bit of a surprise. But he was the 50th overall pick, so we still get some Orioles talk. <laughs> Even And again, I mean, that was the year they took 
other players. So I believe then that compensation pick, likely the Brian Roberts one. Nope, that was actually an additional compensation pick for the loss of Rafael Palmero to the Rangers. Their additional compliment pick for the loss of Roberto Alomar. They, uh, they had the 34th overall pick, and they took Josh Saneda, who I don't, really don't remember the name, so I don't think he made it to the big leagues. He did not out of Jefferson High School uh, in Charleston, West Virginia. But, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fun to go and look at those. We'll come back and talk about the two players, that uh, two first-round picks that failed to sign, and uh, a little bit more fun draft information after a quick sponsor break. We're talking about our good friends over at BuiltBar.com. If you've not gotten a Built Bar by now, what are you doing? It's a delicious tasting bar. It is what I have every single day. You are going to enjoy it. And it's not only is it delicious, it's good for you. And this, I'm saying this after, like, golly, over two-plus years of eating their product. I get bored of things. I am still eating Built Bars daily. I have multiple boxes upstairs. And then pro tip moment here. I don't know. I used that on the last podcast as well. I'm going to retire it already. But uh if you see something that's already on sale, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 and save even more money. You can double up your savings. You can get the sale and then a sale on that sale. Go to BuiltBar.com today. There's always deals, always fun things happening, always new flavors being dropped and introduced. The site is never boring. There's always something new. BuiltBar.com, A-grade by my health food app, A-grade by my stomach. Remember that is BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Okay, so the Indians have had... In my lifetime, they failed to sign two first-round picks. They actually don't have a ton that they failed to sign even not in my lifetime. There's only one other player who was a first-round pick who didn't sign. That was John Curtis, who they took 12th overall back in 1966 in the second draft ever. Uh, the two players they failed to sign, Calvin Murphy, who they took 11th overall in the 1989 draft. That's one of the humor bits of the 1989 draft. That is the greatest draft in Indians history. Uh, they did not have a first-rounder because they failed to sign their first rounder, and they didn't have a second rounder because they lost him for signing, um, I almost said Jerry DePoto. Jerry DePoto was in that draft, but the player they signed, why am I blanking on the um, Jesse Orozco? It was Jesse Orozco was who they signed. Uh, and then, by the way, they got Sam Hentz was the pick the next year out of Stone County High School in Mississippi. Mississippi, long history of not great high school production uh once drafted that's one of those things that stands out just in my memory but yeah they did not sign calvin murphy they didn't have a second round pick and it turned into the best draft in team history as for murphy he went on to have a celebrated career at or not murphy calvin murray sorry oof calvin murray would have a celebrated uh, career at the university of texas he would get 700 plate appearances in the big leagues mostly at age 28 and 29 with the san francisco giants in 2000 and 2001 uh, he was redrafted by the Giants out of University of Texas. And honestly, he's probably more well-known at this point in time for being Kyler Murray's uncle. Uh, You know, really good athlete himself. Uh, You know, his dad was Kyler's dad, who was the, you know, the great college quarterback too. So uh, the Indians took a chance, you know, Indians and Guardians now took that chance, could not sign him. And uh, unfortunately, the comp pick for failure sign him didn't really turn into much. But uh, that whole class worked out super well in general, so you can't get too upset. The other player they failed to sign was Alan Horn all the way back in 2001. He was the 27th overall pick that year for the Cleveland Indians. He was a was a comp pick for them, I believe, for Bob Howery. It was a White Sox selection. Let me, uh, no, Sandy Alomar. It was the Sandy Alomar uh, comp selection. 
they would additionally also get, yeah, they had quite a few. That was the year they had a lot of picks uh, in terms of compensation, as that's also the Ellis Burks netted them a comp pick that year. Um, and Manny Ramirez netted them a comp pick as well. So they had all of those uh, picks in there, and uh, David Seguin netted them a comp pick. So they had a lot of comp picks. It was a very important draft, and they uh, didn't go well. <laughs> let's Let's be honest. Technically, I mean, 2001, they had four first-rounders. Dan Denham, Alan Horn, J.D. Martin, Mike Conroy. J.D. Martin's the only one who got to the big leagues. He didn't, I don't think he got there with the Indians. I think it was only with the Nationals. Uh, Alan Horn would go back to school. Uh, he was a high school kid in the draft in him. He went to uh, Marina High School in Marina, Florida. Uh, 2004, he was at Chipola Junior College. So that had been after three years. He was at a JUCO. And then he goes to the University of Florida for his final year and has an 11th round pick, but a pricey one by the Yankees at the time. Uh, would get a pretty nice bonus for them as an 11th round pick and would even make baseball prospectus's top 100 prospect list. Uh, he moved pretty steadily through the minors those first few years. And then health. I mean, this is a player, 2008, he throws 39 innings, 61 innings in 2009. Doesn't pitch at all in 2010. 2011, he throws six innings. Uh, he threw 383 total innings in the minor leagues, almost all of those in his first two years. And, you know, again, he gets redrafted in 2005, doesn't actually pitch that year, but there was 122 and 153 of those first two years in Tampa and Trenton. And that's the thing. He took that jump in 2007 to Trenton through 153 innings, 3.11 ERA, strikeout per nine of 9.7, a walk per nine of 3.3. You can see why he was a top 100 prospect. Then it was just health. I mean, he threw hard. Uh, that's what I remember about Horn. And you know, he was an interesting, big-armed guy. And the Guardians were trying to build. Dan Denham also threw really hard, uh, who they took that year with the highest pick. Martin was more the crafty type, and then Conroy was an outfielder. But it's still, they, they had all of those high picks. Since they could not sign Horn, they the compensation pick the next year for uh, the lack of lack of him joining the team was Micah Schilling, who he went, let's see, I don't think it's like, I don't believe it's a direct line. Like Horn was the 27th pick. Yeah. Schilling was the 41st pick. So he was further down the line. He was a comp pick after all the other picks were in. It was actually the last pick in the first round. If they had had the, like, like how it is nowadays, the 28th overall pick was uh, John Mayberry, who failed to sign with the Mariners. Uh, Mark Tehan, do you remember him? Dan Meyer, Jeremy Brown, uh, this was the Moneyball draft and uh, didn't actually work out that well. So all of those names you mentioned, the Indians spent a ton. Uh, they gave $3 million to Jeremy Guffrey in this draft, which was they had the 22nd overall pick. They did that. It was an unusual signing for them, and he ended up being the uh, the fourth highest bonus in the first round that year. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at the names and remembering when I started playing OOTP baseball because it's like, oh, Chris Gruler, Clint Everett, Bobby Bernali, these guys who got $2 million plus signing bonuses. Uh, all of them, including Jeremy Guthrie, got more than Zach Greinke, who went to the Orioles and got a little bit less than 2.5. Scott Kazmier was the big name in that class, and that's, you know, he fell to the Mets at 15th and got 2.1. Uh, you got someone like Cole Hamels, I think, is the second best player after Greinke, Matt Kane. Uh, yes, they could have had. They couldn't have had Hamels or Granke. Those guys were off the board, but they could have had Kane in this draft. Denard Spann fourth, Prince Fielder fifth, sixth Scott Cashmere, seventh Nick Swisher. 
Guthrie's at eighth, if you're curious. Should we just do top 10? I mean, at this point, you might as well write nine BJ Upton, 10 Joe Blanton. So, you know, two money ball hits in there for the Oakland A's. But again, you could, it was more successful than the Indians. But for both those teams, like those drafts are infamous because both had a ton of picks. We've got the time. So let's, let's talk it up. Let's take our last break here. We're going to come back. I'm going to discuss just in the first round itself, uh, you know, who they've had at each pick spot. It is interesting that there are multiple picks that they have not had anyone at and discuss who was the best pick. And then this will all be down the road. I'm going to be bringing back my old top pick in every round uh, in the history of the Cleveland Indians organization. It'll be something fun to do this offseason. And remember, college baseball starts this week as well. Super Bowl might be over, but still go to bet online.net. Basketball's in full steam for both pro and college hoops. What a trade deadline, am I right? For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where to find where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So it's one of those things I've talked about a lot. The Cleveland Guardians have never picked first overall. They've never had that pick because they kept getting the top overall pick in even years. Uh, they have had the number two pick four times because, again, they could never work it out right. You know, The classic case being what we already talked about on the show today, where they had the number overall pick, number two overall pick in 86 and 88. They get Mark Lewis and Greg Swindell in those two years. Greg Swindell is the best player they've gotten with that pick. But the problem is 1987, the in-between year, the year they decided to be halfway decent and then not even have a draft pick. Uh, that is the year that uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was available. You know, that's what you imagine putting him on that court. They could have just been really bad for three years in a row. Uh, that would have been a lot of fun to watch. Think of that 90s team and add in Griffey. I uh, think how that just having him and his star and cult of personality would have changed things. Like, even more in terms of what it would have brought to that team. Uh, I'm just going to leave it there, give you a second to be sad, and then we will move past. But speaking of never having had the second overall pick, they've never had the third overall pick either. There's just not a choice there. They've not picked third overall ever in the history of their franchise. So you move to fourth overall. And then you have Tom Brennan and Corey Snyder. Uh Brennan is technically has the higher war. Snyder's is at a 0.7, but he played in a thousand games while Brennan had about 64. Uh, so I think even though technically Brennan was more valuable overall, you go Snyder for the win there just because of playing career. Fifth, you got Glenn Tufts or Clint Frazier. Guess what, Clint Frazier? You, uh, Andrew Pomerantz. I'm sorry, I almost missed that. Pomerantz, clearly the top player with those. Uh, Tufts never made to the big leagues. He was drafted in 74. Frazier is not stuck. Sixth overall, Jeremy Sowers, Michael Weaver. Well, Weaver didn't make it to big leagues. Jeremy Sauer is your top player right there. Again, you know, not what you maybe expect to hear. Seventh, you have a trio. John Bennett in 79, Rick Cerrone in 75, and first, first rounder, 1965, Ray Fossey. Uh, easy selection there. Picking eighth, Tim Costo and Frankie Lindor, a pair of shortstops who were supposed to change the history of this organization. Uh, it happened for one. It's easily Frankie Lindor, and we move on. Then you have Mike uh, Pohl in 
85 and David Sloan in 71. Neither of those players made it to the big leagues for the Cleveland Guardians. You at least, what, uh, looking here at Sloan, he got up to double A in his second year. That's something. And Mike Pohl got up to double A as well. Uh, he couldn't miss bats. Some good control, but did not really do much. I, my gut was to go with Pohl. Uh, I don't think there's really a <laughs> a great choice here either way. But yeah, I think Pohl is the better of the two in terms of that selection. Ninth, or that was ninth. Tenth, you got Phil Lansford, Jared Wright, Kelly Gruber. It is interesting how some of these groupings have yielded more. Uh, it's, it's Kelly Gruber, even though he didn't play for the Indians. It was a Rule 5 loss. Eleventh, they have picked eleventh a lot. We already mentioned Calvin Murray, who they didn't sign. Dave Clark, who played for a while in the big leagues. Michael Aubrey, who got hurt. Jack Heiderman, who uh, has a negative six war, uh, played quite a few games in the big leagues as well. And uh, you've got Darren Kirkret, and also who was in '93, and Bruce Compton in 1977. Uh, going through all these. Let, let's take someone they actually signed, and let's take the one who actually played the most big league games. That's Dave Clark out of Jackson State. Uh, you know, the the great what if of Michael Aubrey and all. It's, uh, it's, it's not hard. Mark Schneider in 82 versus 66 with John Curtis, Curtis being one of the few who didn't sign. But since Schneider never made it to the big leagues, Curtis did but didn't sign. We are going to lean to Curtis. 13th overall, George Alpert. Uh, in 81, Bo Mills in 87, and Manny Ramirez in 91. Uh, do we need to debate that? I, I think we can move on. This is a, a snake <laughs> snake bit pick. Uh, the 14th overall selection, Tim Glass in 76, Will Benson in 2016, Tim, Cr- Tim Trevor Crow in 2005. As of now, it's Crow because at least he made it to the big leagues, right? That's That gives him the advantage over the other two. Maybe Benson makes it. I, I don't know. It's still a long way for him. 15th overall, Alvin McGrew in 69, Alex White in 09, and Tyler Naquin in 12. It's Naquin's. You don't really need to debate that one. 17th overall pick, Dan Denham, who we previously mentioned, Brady Aiken, and then Charles Nagy. Charles Nagy is your selection in 88 out of University of Connecticut, and he's easily the pick there for best 17th overall selection. By the way, we skipped 16th. I believe that's where the Guardians are picking this year. They have never had the 16th overall selection. And uh, let's see, 18th overall selection is just Brad Snyder. He did get to the big league, so that works. Have not had the 19th overall selection in the first round. So you skip that. 20th, CC Sabathia by himself. Well earned and deserved. Bradley Zimmer, the only 21st by himself. Jeremy Guthrie, the only 22nd rounder by himself. 23rd, David Miller, uh, Carson Tucker, and Gavin Williams. I thought Miller was going to be a prospect. That was back when the Indians really had a weak prospect pool. Uh, he was from Clemson. He was a guy who I remember as an adult diving in the numbers and being like, oh, man, I just believed everything they told me. Uh, right now, it looks like Williams is probably your, your best selection. I think he'd be higher rated than uh, Tucker pretty much anywhere. 24th is only Daniel Espino, so he currently owns it. They've never picked 25th. 26th is Corey Smith, all on his own. 27th, Alan Horn, Jeff Mutis. Well, Mutis at least got to the big leagues. 28th, Tim Drew and Danny Peoples. At least Drew made it to the big leagues. 29th, Bo Naylor, Lonnie Chisenhall. At least Chisenhall made it to the big leagues. Have never picked 30th. And since that's, you know, we can go through all the compensation picks and the like, I think we'll end it there. Tell me what you thought. Uh, is You know, was that a fun exercise, going through all of those picks and discussing 
who is the top overall selection. Is it interesting that, you know, having had 75 first round picks? Now, some of those we didn't, you know, we skipped over. If we want to just look at like 35 through 43, technically that is as deep as they've gone in the first round. 43 was Mike Conroy, who we talked about earlier. 31 was Adam Miller. From this list, the player who played the most games in the big leagues, David Huff. You still got Tristan McKenzie, though, at 42, who's got a chance. And in those selections, they've had multiple draft picks at 31 with Miller and Sheffield, some comparison with those arms. 33, a pair of high school players, Matt Whitney and John Drennan. Whitney's another one of those what-ifs. He hadn't, I think it was a knee injury in the minors. Uh, 35, Ethan Hankins, J.D. Martin. And 41, John Jason Fitzgerald and Micah Schilling and Lenny Torres. They've actually picked 41 quite often. Uh, it's interesting to look at. Like I said, Tristan McKenzie is probably the one you want to bet on long-term in terms of this grouping. Uh, though as of right now, again, David Huff has played your most games in the big leagues. He, he played 120 games. <laughs> I'm kind of shocked by that. 120 games for David Huff. And he's still pitching right now. We talked about that on a recent show. So, you know, maybe he gets back, gets even more. Uh, you know, I've had a lot discussing just how bad the Indians are when it comes to the first round. And really, uh, to sum it up again, you know, Manny Ramirez has the highest war, followed by Sabathia. Lindor is three, four, Swindell, five, Nagy, six, Jeremy Guthrie, seven, Kelly Gruber, eight, Ray Fossey, nine, Drew Pomeranz, and ten, Rick Manning. Those are your top ten. All of them have double-digit war. Lonnie Chisenhol sitting there at 11 with a nine war. Uh, that's, that's, and again, a lot of... You know, I, I think with that second overall pick, when you're just talking about where they've had it, you know, Mark Lewis, Steve Dunning, Paul Shuey, Rick Manning, Greg Swindell, five times they picked second overall. And Swindell and Manning ended up being solid selections. Uh, but they've also, whew, they've had some stinkers in there. It's one of those things you can't help but look at a Mark Lewis. You can't help but look at a Paul Shuey and think about that core of that team and where they were in the 90s and wonder when you had those chances to pick high, if they just done a little bit better, you know, could they have done something to help pitching wise at those teams? Could they have done something to give them, you know, another interesting prospect that could have been traded to help them get pitching? You know, it felt like remember with Randy Johnson where they were a runner up. I don't know if he helps get them over that year, but there's a lot that's going on that uh, could have been better. It's always fun to kind of go back and look and think about. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked On Guardians podcast. Tell me, you know, again, I really need to hear from the fans out there on these weird ones where I do things a little bit different. Uh, it is, you guys let me know if it's worth doing, if it's something I should keep doing, if it is something you find fun. I also want to give a shout out to Johnny Mouse who uh, gave a review. We're at 4.6 ratings over with uh, 97 total ratings over on iTunes. Three more. Come on. If you haven't done it yet, let's get those last three to get us over 100 total ratings on there. Uh, most of them five stars. I want to thank everyone who has done that. I want to thank everyone who's listening daily, being part of the Lockdown Guardians team, doing their part, downloading daily. That is such a huge thing you can do to help out the podcast as it continues to grow. Uh, again, mailbag always needs to be filled. Questions, hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Hit me up with information or requests there on things to do for the episode. You know, we've talked about some of the best ideas come from you, the listeners. So again, I thank you all. And as I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.